ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Right, um, we'll come into the latest edition of the Field of Play. Um, we are halfway through the stage and um, plenty to plenty of points to play for. On our and on our menu is the Liverpool versus Chelsea game at Anfield, as well as the big game at Emirates as the Gunners hosted the Red Devils. We've got also a game to discuss about City versus Liverpool, Whitewash, Tara beating of Wolves by 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 the, this pep side, as well as. Uh, a, a late goal from from Kane, which is uh, essential for the team and also for the records uh, that keep, they're keeping on tumbling for him. And we take a look with Devin as well as the Juventus uh, story about uh, the deduction of the by the Italian courts of their scandals. The second time they they've done that in a, in a decade or so. And um, I'm Nani, your host, and joining me in the studio uh, it's Kumbi and Papi. And uh, guys, thank you very much. Without wasting much of our time, let's yeah, let's just. Getting straight into the game. The first game on Saturday was um, at Enfield as United as Liverpool met Chelsea. It wasn't really. Uh, it was actually a game dubbed, dubbed as the bit of the mid as the of the mid table team. There's the ninth place team entertained the tenth place team, and also it failed to live to its billing as well as there were no clear cut chances that was um, created by by both set of by by both teams. But um, let's go straight into Liverpool first. Um, I'm starting with you, Kumbi. Um, why is Liverpool so so poor this season? It all goes back to off-field matters, not investing properly in the squad, and you know there's fatigue in the players, in the club's methods. Yes, you see the dwindling performance week in week out. But it, obviously, it can't be just an overnight thing, Papi. Just from from last season, they competed uh, across all four, four competitions till the last day. Then the following season, it's just a, a different story altogether. Is there any reason to upon this Liverpool side that we can give, or is just mere complacency? Look, uh, the situation for me is, is still puzzling because uh, if you remember last season, Liverpool. Uh, 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 Went on all the uh, throughout the season. Played in four competitions. Played in two finals, if I'm mistaken. Uh, won two trophies as well. Three finals. Three okay. finals. Is, mm-hmm. You see, so they they had three finals last season. And coming into this season, you, you might you might say like what Kumbi was was I was was saying that it might be fatigue in terms of uh, the 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 Gagan press. We we know it takes a, a, a toll, uh, especially if, if if you've been using that system of high press, high intensity. Uh, football for, for for seven years now, but some might some might 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 actually say that it, it, it's, it's the seventh year case which which always follow uh, club. Uh, it happened at Dortmund. It happened at uh, the previous club uh, before Dortmund as well. So it, it's still puzzling for me to be honest. Why Liverpool has 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 played so poorly this season? So uh, which is the weakest link now? Which department is uh, the the weakest link, Papi? Uh, the the defense, the the midfield as well, and as well as the attack. To be honest, I think I think the whole spine of the team, I think, uh, it's leaking somewhere, somehow. If you look at uh, uh, Alisson, the goalkeeper, yes, he's, he's a very good shot stopper. But when it comes to playing the ball uh, on your feet, he's very poor. Sometimes he gets away with, with a lot of uh, mistakes. And if you look at the, the defense department, I think, uh, especially with the absence of Van Dijk, it, 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 it really takes a toll. On this uh, Liverpool defense, the likes of Kunates ha- haven't really settled in. Uh, the likes of um, the Cameroonian Matip, Joe Matip, yeah. 
he's always in and out of the team due to injury. But for me, the main reason why Liverpool has, has gotten a dip in the form, I think it has to be in the midfield department. You, you look at the likes of uh, Henderson, you look at the likes of Keita, these are, for me, these are aging players for me. I think there was need to, to, to readdress those positions because the previous players who filled in those roles were the likes of uh, the former Oxlade-Chamberlain, the former Arsenal player. Yeah. He's always in and out of the team with injuries. So I think they really needed to, 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 to revamp that midfield. And obviously, to complete the spine, the attacking aspect of Liverpool, I think the absence of Madi Sane for me still is still lingering. I agree, Kumbi. Uh, the midfield department is uh, the weakest link. Yes, it is the most vulnerable department in the f- formation of Liverpool. Remember, when we lost it against Manchester City, people were quick to complain that Klopp should have done this and that in terms of bringing in players doing the right substitution. But sometimes the biggest weakness in the team, the midfield, the age of the midfielders. If Henderson is 32, Milner is 37, Fabino is 31, if I'm not mistaken. We also have the likes of underperforming players like Naby Keita and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Thiago is also on the decline, 31. So it's gives problems in terms but of the trying to... The youngsters, they don't have, Jones. They don't have the man, mantle to carry the ball forward or to, to dominate the game. So, of course, experience works in football, but sometimes you need a balance. And ours is not a balance of youth and experience. It's just experience. Okay, so, and Papi alluded to the point that they're also missing Sadio Mane, uh, rightly, rightly so. But so what's happening to Mo Salah? Seems like he's a power shadow of himself. Mo Salah, you know, he's been a shadow of himself due to the substantial changes that have happened at Liverpool during the off-season, the departures of number one. I feel sad, Germany, but the biggest departure that has affected Liverpool midfield is of Gini Winalda. We didn't replace Winalda when he went to PSG. That should have made a red replacement for him because that one was the man who would carry the ball forward, dominate the game in the middle of the park. I don't see any miss of man or impact of man. I see the impact of Winalda instead. Okay, so moving forward, what's the solution? What do you think is the best solution or that can be taken to improve this Liverpool side? The solution is simple. Very simple and straightforward. Buy the correct players that fit into the philosophy of the coach. Um, release funds in order to... Maybe January is now difficult to bring two players before the range of shots. But at least one for now because we are in a catch-22 situation. But I feel in the summer we need to do a whole overhaul. Of the whole squad. Okay, 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 guys. And uh, moving moving over to Chelsea. It was, like we said, the, the game wasn't really entertaining. But the, I think one uh, positive that we can take away from the, from, the, from the Chelsea side was the introduction of the big signing of um, Modric from, from Shakhtar. That was a very uh, an expensive signing. Papi, how impressed were you with Modric? Look, I think uh, 
but, but, but the minutes that he played in uh, on his debut at Anfield, uh, let, let's take into consideration that it's Anfield, a uh, high-profile player. I think he showed some some some, some, some glimpse of, of what his game is all about. We can talk about the pace. We, we saw that already. We knew that he, he has blistering pace. Uh, he showed us that he had pace when he got fouled by James Milner. James Milner had probably five yards advantage, but the best of pace ensured that he got to the ball first. Uh, the, the, the flair and skill, we saw that when he dribbled uh, three, four players in the box. Play the box, yeah, yeah. yeah so, and, and, and also the, the positivity. I like the most the, the positivity that he has. He's the type of player who can draw back uh, to, to receive the ball and on the spin, he's, he goes in to look for space. So I think that's what Chelsea needs, especially right now. Players who like uh, to play on the ball because if you look at the Chelsea midfield and the way we're playing in general, we're playing a slow, laggish uh, type of football. It's not good on the eye. It's not good in terms of creating chances. That's why you see all our frontline players are struggling because they don't get... Uh, uh, supply the, the game becomes lethargic and slow. Okay, Papi. So, which players are which which players are supposed to pass to give the ball to the strikers? Which players are these in, in Chelsea side? Look, there are quite a number of experienced players. One who comes into mind is is, is, is Mateo Kovacic. He's 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 loud he's for for his ball carrying capabilities. But what he does is he carries the ball and does not complete the forward pass for me. Too many lateral passes, too many backwards passes. Jorginho, for me, he plays with his head downwards. Jorginho, for a person who can maneuver a lot of uh, space in, 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 in tight situations, I think he has to sometimes lift his head high and look for the runs of the, of the wide players. Now that you've got the likes of Mudric, is is full of pace. I think he needs those first-time diagonal balls or those first-time 20-meter-yard uh, balls. For me, I think those are the key players, especially the guys who are playing in the central uh, mid of, of Chelsea. Okay, um, so are, are you skeptical or are you hopeful of the like the next fixture you're going to play? Maybe the likes of the Felix retaining, then the sort of uh, CH is in form, then the Ralph of Mudrik as well. Do you think in Sterling as well, not forgetting the policy, do you think uh, competition for places will be stiff for now or... It's now these type of players, these new players are supposed to gel in and start from the get-go. Look, I think for me, the issue for me that I have with Chelsea is the fact that as a coach, six months down the line, I'm, I'm sure you're supposed to have, irregardless of the injuries, I'm sure you're supposed to have your your first 11. Okay, yeah, true, right? So, so the thing with, the thing with, uh, with Graham Potter is, uh, despite the injuries, I think he has a habit of changing even the formation, changing personnel. So I think the key here is to identify which player is suitable suitable for this position. So for me, I think going forward, Chelsea, with the likes of uh, Mudrik, with the likes of uh, ZH in form, and uh, the latest acquisition as well uh, from Atletico Madrid, Chao Felix. Chao Felix, I, yeah. I think I think I think we might we might look at, we might have a Chelsea with more attacking intent. Okay, okay, uh, rightly so, Papi. So for like, like, like I said before, it was actually a dog game. Then from one dog game to an entertaining game, and that that was at the Emirates as Arsenal entertained um, the Red Devils three two. The game ended first first goal. It came from off uh, Rashford shot, a beautiful goal that was. Then um, Ketia actually uh, equalized 
before uh, Saka had also had a thunderous shot outside the outside the, the box with a left foot. And of all the people, Lautaro Martinez um, headed a goal and passed uh, uh, Gabriel, and it was a goal right into the into the stoppage time. Uh, we wanted that uh, ecstatic atmosphere, and surely we got it from the Emirates as Nketia, Ed Nketia managed to score the uh, the winning goal, albeit VAR. Um, so it's now fifty points. Uh, at the half st- uh, uh, this half halfway stage of the season, um, Papi, and uh, it seems like better off than the 2003-2004 Invincibles. Can we can we say Arsenal are the worst enemies of themselves right now? Look, I think in the title charge in the running for the title charge. If, if they are to lose the title, I think we, we might say probably the mental aspect of the whole game. But for me, to be honest, I think Arsenal are playing fantastic football. Uh, a sense of, 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 of togetherness that is in that camp for me, I think, is, 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 is the most critical thing for me. If you look at the likes of Zinchenko, I think he's an incredible addition into this uh, Arsenal squad, not only in terms of what he brings uh, on the pitch, but the, the, the vibe that he creates, that positivity that he creates in the dressing room, it's important. I've heard rumors that when he came in, he brushed away all the thoughts uh, amongst his teammates that uh, we are fighting for, 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 top three. for top three. Yeah, true. He actually went for broke and actually encouraged the players to believe in themselves that we can be title contenders. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so far, so good. I think that game against United, for me, it was, it was a key game because United are coming off a wonderful uh, surge of form. They play fantastic football. I think it's United... Arsenal and Aston Villa, who are the top three teams in terms of form uh, in the Premier League. So it was a big game for me that uh, for Arsenal to go 1-0 down and then to come back uh, as quickly as they did and then to to ensure that they, they, they fight until the end. A bit of a, a scrappy finish, but a classy finish. Uh, I think it's wonderful, especially to to to, to win at home. Well, the funny the funny state that uh, was uh, on that game is uh, Arsenal actually trade the game for six minutes eight seconds, and also United after falling down to one that um, Martinez goal, it, it was actually also six minutes eight seconds. So what a coincidence! Between the goals, between the goals, it was. So they say the captain is the middle of the team. Um, Kumbi is Martin Odegaard representing that and. If so, is he or among the best midfielders in the Premier League right now? Personally, I would view that Odegaard is a good number 10, but I feel these other players who have contributed to Arsenal to be where it is right now. We talk of Saka, we talk of Pate, and you also even talk of Saliba. So, I feel like we were being... Mm-hmm. So limited, uh, uh, limited in our approach in terms of mirror of the team. For me, there are key players of which they've galvanized over the past one and a half to two seasons that have become the mainstay of Arsenal. I think I, I, I think okay, what you're saying, I can I can agree with you, but then I think Odegaard is just a chair on top. Why? Because he's giving that freedom by um, Pate and Jaga to roll forward, to roam around, do whatever he wants. So yes, he might not be he might not be Arsenal's best player, but certainly he is one of the best team players around in the team. So is he the best team in the Premier League right now, Papi? For me, Odegaard. Conform, yeah. 
the best player in form or the best midfielder? The the best midfielder, sorry. In the Premier League, in the right Premier now. League right form-wise, now. Form-wise, I think I think mm. most definitely. Uh, look, his leadership quality. He 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 does not say a lot on 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 the pitch, but what he does is he just leads by example. The way he plays football, I, I, I've seen this type of play uh, come through the likes of uh, Ozil and also the likes of uh, Cesc Fabregas. He plays in between the lines. His forward plays are not are not those uh, passes, those obvious passes to to, to, to the wingers. He plays right through the the, the heart of defense. He, he threads those passes. For me, it shows confidence. It shows vision. It shows creativity. So, rightfully, I think he's he's, he's the cherry on top uh, at Arsenal right now. Okay, a bit of to solo for United as they managed to concede a late goal from Edikatia and eventually lost the game three two. Not only for United, uh, mm. some of us Chelsea fans were rooting for a draw. For I draw. think uh, I think. Uh, uh, It was hard for Ten Hag and his charges because I think overall I think it was a good game. They they, they deserved the draw, but uh, if you don't uh, keep on pressing for a winner, you you you, you can't expect to to hold on to a draw. Rashford in the form of his life. Definitely. <laughs> Obvious. No, the best assists, best number of assists this season and the goals, and you know. I feel like Rashford being informed is due to the coaching and also the direction being given by Eric Ten Hag. Do you think they managed, they, they missed um, Casemiro in the game? Yes, I feel like there was that lack of bite in the middle of the pack. That's so as an characterizing. That's why Xhaka was dominating the middle of the pack, and you know, you know, and. It's, It created the third goal, hmm. which get yeah converted. Okay, fine, Papi. Uh, how impressed are you with uh, this United side uh, turning things around? Considering the uh, last season, uh, late the la- last part of the last season, and also the beginning of the first game of this season, things weren't really uh, bloom at United. But right now, it seems like there's a direction and um, some positivity from from the current on ground. Look, I think I think uh, kudos must firstly go to to, to Eric Ten Hag. Uh, the way he handles uh, uh, matters on and off the field, I think we can we can actually say he's a disciplinarian mm-hmm. in that aspect. The way he dealt with the Cristiano Ronaldo situation, and uh, even the way he dealt with uh, uh, the Stam and uh, Rashford when he was late for a team meeting, he instantly uh, put an end to that and uh, punished him. And uh, it, it looks like it's working. Uh, top three team in, in, in terms of form wise, I think uh, we have to give kudos to Ten Hag and the players as well. Everyone is impressing me, even the likes of Juan uh, Pesaka, who is now looking like a different uh, player. Is even actually going forward regularly now, uh-huh. so you can actually give credit to to the coaching staff, especially uh, Benny Makati there, uh-huh. uh, the strikers uh, specialist coach. Specialist there. coach yeah, I think he's so- has done a wonderful job. I think the results are showing that uh, just one striker is, is, is on his peak now, and the likes of Rashford and uh, the front players are getting goals regularly as well. Okay, so um, what about Vegas? 
this guy is actually we know we know for all is actually well, he wants those uh, long balls in the air just trying to hit the goals the, the balls right now he's not even getting the supply so will, will this be like an Achilles heels to his um, story at United considering we've got um, Anthony who just cuts in and he doesn't cross the ball then Rashford as well is just an inverted winger so he's inverted forward sorry so Will he get that supply? Look, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit worried with, with, with the accusation of Vergost. Um, uh, He's an excellent uh, player, especially in the A. Uh, plan B. Uh, as, as a plan, B, a plan player B player as well. Uh-huh. And uh, if we actually play ball on feet uh, with him facing uh, his own goal, I think with his frame, he's, he's actually a good ball protector. But now, the most threat that he brings is, 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 is heading those goals in, inside the box. My big question now is, does United have that type of a winger who can actually uh, hit the byline and cross those balls? It was clear uh, during the, the Arsenal-United game that there, there was no supply in terms of uh, crosses from, from the byline. You know that uh, Anthony likes to cut in on his left and once he cuts in, he tries to bend the ball to the far post. Rashford, we know, is a ball carrier. He attacks the box. So it's going to be very difficult for for Vagos to really, you know, uh, claim a stake uh, this United, especially if he comes in uh, from the start. It means that uh, the, the game plan should be that crosses inside the box. But if he starts from the start and does not get that adequate supply, it's very worrying for me. Okay, okay, Papi. And uh, another normal day in the office for Pep side Manchester City. And uh, as they put three goals past Wolves with Erling Haaland with yet another hat-trick. Uh, that's the fourth hat-trick this season alone. And um, also 25 goals, 25 league goals and 31 goals in all competitions. What's worrying about uh, this monster is we are still only in January, Papi. Look, what, what, what else can we say about Erling Haaland? I think uh, in our previous episodes, we've, we've, we've been talking about him. Remember, I said I'm, I'm putting my money on, on him getting 40 uh, goals plus. And uh, the trajectory is, is, is heading towards that way. Look, he's a goal scorer, naturally. And if you're playing in a team uh, like Man City, it means that the supply is always constant. You look at the, the, the third goal, Mm-hmm. Uh, it was from Maris, yeah. He was given it uh, on a silver platter by my simple tap in. These type of goals will keep on following him, irregardless of the fact that he's getting into good spaces or not. So he's going to continue scoring 31 goals, mm-hmm. all competitions, mm-hmm. and it's we are halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. That's insane. It's insane. Are, are the records going to tumble? Kumbi? Obvious. They are going to tumble. And you know, for me, I've always said it in previous episodes that Alan remains more of Alan Shearer. That, that is what Alan Shearer did well, all throughout his years, especially the peak of his career. You know, the skill, the dribble, the conversion, the power, the instinct to score goals. That shows a predator, predator instinct. It's a modern version, but for me, I would challenging that should he stay at Man City for the, his rest of his career. I doubt if he can break Shearer's record. Because he, he wants to, he, want, he once had an interview that uh, he, he, suppose he wants to play across all leagues like in Italy, then he was in he was in Germany, right now he's in England, so he wants to go to Spain, then Italy, so then France, so maybe it might be a fact of, of the teams. 
that's one of the two reasons why we have missed Alan Shearer's Okay, guys, and also Marius is actually in good form. Um, actually, at the right time, and it's good for City that they are collecting points and they are actually chasing Arsenal at this time of the at this time of the stage. So plenty of points to play for, as well as Conte side also as well managed to win after big 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 to big defeats by Arsenal and Manchester City. One one zero it finished a goal from Kane is two hundred six two hundred sixty six goal. For Tottenham wanting to be, to become an outright goal scorer and also managed to join the he wanted to join in the 200 club with Alan Shearer on 265 goals and Wayne Rooney on 208. So he's actually eight is eight goals away from. Um, but you're forgetting one thing. Catching realize in Eric Remember this goal scoring stats or records that he has been set. It is for his club, mm-hmm. not the Premier League. There's a difference. Because when you're talking about a club, you're talking in all competitions. You're talking yeah, about all FA, competitions. You're talking about EFA, you're talking about Champions League yeah. or even Europa. But when you're talking about Shira, people they should respect him. But focus on the Premier League. Yeah. No, but, but, but Premier League. Not not the other competitions. So Hurricane for me, you know, is a long way to go. But you know, for Tottenham sake, since it's a perennial underachiever. He's the best because sooner or later he's going okay, to smash. Okay, okay can I ask you something? Good. What did um, Alan Shearer win with Newcastle? With Newcastle, mm. the fans are none. So what's the difference with Harry Kane now? The, the only difference is that Shearer went to a different club in Watson. So Shearer is Harry Kane. Is, isn't it? Okay, isn't it really just? Isn't it Kane doing the same thing that Shearer was doing, like at Newcastle? Because they weren't winning any trophies, bar the Blackburn. Right, so is indeed just re- replicating the same thing that was being done by Alan Shearer. I don't know. I think at the end of uh, at the end of Harry Kane's career, I think in terms of uh, Premier League goals, he's on what two hundred now. Mm-hmm. Two hundred Premier League goals. Two. How many years? 27, 28? He's, he's, he's actually 29 now. He's 29 right now. Mm-hmm. I think if he has two more seasons under his belt, I think that's Alan Shearer's. Uh, and also, he's also on 53 goals tie, um, t- tied with Wayne Rooney um, in international. English, international. So, yeah, England, okay, you, yeah. Know, mm. you know, for me, you know, for me, you know, England, when I assess this goal scoring stats of England, for me, it seems like people seem to forget one thing. You know, England, for me, I feel like it's, it's a bit less challenging to break the records. Partly because, you know, England has been grouped with weaker teams in Europe and they managed to score goals. But I'm not discrediting that England has not defeated big guns in but Europe. But it's, it's, it's the same but, as well with, with the likes of those, you're talking of the Euro qualifiers, you're talking of the World Cup qualifiers, where they, 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 they play against the lesser teams. It's the same with, with, with the likes of the other big European teams like you know, Germany, Portugal as well. It's the same. But when we're talking of <coughs> just pure goal-scoring records, I think he's going to be Harry Kane for me is going to be the ultimate, okay. outright uh, top goal scorer for England and Tottenham Hotspur and, and the league and well. the Premier League as well. Rumor saying that he wants to sign a new con- new contract as well. Is he considered defeat? Really? Yeah, that, that is the height of foolishness. That's where Daniel Levy 
has a leverage over his player. <laughs> yeah, so you should be you know, because, leverage. Yes, <laughs> it's a leverage because <laughs> certainly if you followed football or Premier League to be exactly, Tottenham has been underachieving team for the past years and remember that is a problem for people like Harry Kane because at the end of the day football is about accomplishments, achievements, accolades. Mm. You can have the best stars in terms of scoring goals, you can have the best assists, but it doesn't mean anything if you are not winning accomplishments. And what Harry Kane is, it is jumped if he's a sober thinking person, is to reject that contract, move as a free agent and win something. For the sake of his Lakers, because you can't boast yourself and the top goal scoring Premier League to be in quotes England or, or even Tottenham without winning something. Look, I think I think for me, I think this whole Harry Kane situation where it seems like he's never ever going to to depart away from 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 Spurs from the Spurs. I, I think I think I think he he knows what he's doing. For me, I think he's chasing those. Uh, personal accolades, you know, the top goal scorers, the whatnot, because Harry Kane has been on form for the past five years. Mm. He's been one of the top strikers in Europe and in world football. And you would actually like to, to believe that at a, at a certain time or a certain season, he's going to, to make that big money move to Madrid or mm. elsewhere, where he actually can get an opportunity to win titles. But I, I, I personally feel that he, he's, he is in his comfort zone. He likes to chase the personal accolades for me because for, it's, it's crazy for a striker like Harry Kane to, to sign oh, like a contract to a new for the club uh, yeah, it's not it's Tottenham Hotspur yeah, yeah, with all due respect but yeah. people seem to forget one thing there was once a time where Man City huh? had a bid of 130 or 129 correct me if I'm wrong that was outrightly rejected by Daniel Levin. He was wanting 150. 150, yeah, he wanted 150. That and Kane was agitating for a move big then. That is going to replay again. Because remember, like I said, football is about achievements. As a team. Look at Grealish. Yeah, he's mm. achieved. He's a Premier League champion already. Even if he's he flopped. Uh, uh. That's where the difference now separates him from the likes of Shearer. Okay. At least year I won a trophy. trophy exactly. True. True. It's Black Bay, 1995, 96 Premier League. All right. Okay, guys. Uh, with Kane, we have uh, every bit of time. Let's move on. Um, the Magpies draw again after with Palace and and uh, remained uh, third on the table. Uh, 15 games unbeaten, 12 clean sheets, and six clean sheets on the trot for Nick Pop and his defense. They last considered uh, considered a goal in uh, on November 5. Uh, and they've considered 11 goals uh, up to till this season and 10 from open play open play puppy uh, this time last season they were deep down in the relegation battle right now they are up there are they ahead of schedule Newcastle <laughs> look I think uh, what Eddie Howe has done for me is, 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 is a miraculous job because the momentum that they picked uh, uh, starting to starting this time during last season when they were uh, fighting to, to get out of relegation to where they are now in a certain space of time, I think it's, it's a miracle for me. But uh, I think it all boils down to, to having a game plan. 
what Eddie Howe has managed to do, especially this season, is he has managed to 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 make Newcastle become very difficult to play against with the likes of Putman, uh, Fabian Shea, uh, the captain Trippier. I think those guys they are playing fantastic uh, defensive football. And credit as well to to the England number two, Nick Pop, tough clean sheets now. Uh, it's wonderful. Six of the trot. Six, six on six on the pounds. I think. Yeah. I last heard that uh, the days of uh, Perchek when he was still in blistering form. So for me, I think that solid base of having a tough defense to to score against, I think builds the foundation for 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 for, for the other players. That's why you see that. Uh, the likes of Almiron, the likes of uh, Jimenez, the likes of Joe Linton, even uh, Wilson. They now have the belief that the defense is playing their part. We have to play their part. part. So that's why they are attacking uh, constantly and, and, and they're, they're, they're real menace to play against with. And uh, you can actually now say that uh, seeing this going on, Game in, game out. I think it's not a fluke for me. I think they actually know what they are doing. They know what they're doing. It's a proper plan, and uh, credit uh, to Eddie Howe. Uh, what what has been the secret behind this Newcastle's defense? Kumbi, it has been so resolute, and they actually tend to believe in all about each other. The combination of youth and experience. The youth, Shane Botman, the experienced guys of Dan Ben. Fabian Shea, and also the likes of Trippier. The cap. Mm. Trippier has provided leadership. Leadership qualities, yeah. So I on point. And you remember, I feel like Pop, Pop is even much better than Pickford. Pop, uh, you, you mean the second best uh, the second uh, yes. best keeper in England? Or even, I feel the best keeper, English keeper right now, if we were to talk about so keepers, number, it's Ramsey. But he's number three. Ah, uh, No. <laughs> I feel like that is a incorrect way that Southgate is used to classify. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, that's story for another day, guys. Uh, Everton uh, lost two 0 to Everton in what was Frank Lampard's last game in charge of this uh, trophy side. Leighton Baines to take over the training until a new coach uh, is appointed. Surprised you were sacked, Papi? No surprise for me. I think the writing has always been on the wall. Uh, even last season, when 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 he survived the relegation uh, by a whisker, uh, look for for a club like uh, Everton, for me to, to to see Everton, you know, celebrate uh, survival from relegation in that manner as if they have won a cup. I think I spoke about it uh, in our previous episodes. That uh, for me, these are these are warning signs that things are not good, and uh, the writing was on the wall. Frank Lampard eventually had to. To, to, to be to face the suck. But the issue for me, I think, with the fans, I think uh, the, the fans in Merseyside, the Everton fans, I think uh, their main concern is not necessarily with the coaching department, but mm-hmm. with the owners. It has been symbolic for me. It has been, you know, a downfall in terms of keeping up with, with, with the morals, the ethics, the business code of conduct uh, of, of, of the Evertons of, of, of the yesteryears. So, inevitably, Frank Lampard was going to be sacked for me. Gumbi? For me, I was shocked that Lampard survived that long. Honestly. And you know, a proper club <laughs> could have reacted, you know, when things were going south. That need to make a change when there is time. Lampard is not even a good manager. For me, I think you should you should have either worked as an assistant or even try punditry. 
you know, or even write a book like Kaza, something like that. You know, but honestly speaking, <laughs> that part for me, how can you be fired in two jobs in two years? It doesn't make any sense. It shows he's clueless, rudderless in his approach to coaching. Because honestly speaking, how do you you went into an impossible job? That is an impossible job. The club has no vision, has no direction. Then you throw yourself and say, I'm the savior. Very demanding yourself. He's the worst Premier League ever to manage ever. Rafa was way better. Way, way better. <laughs> aren't you, aren't way, you way being better. too hard on him? Uh, no, is it, is it, no, is it because, no, is it because no, you're a Liverpool no, fan? No, and no, obviously no, there are Lampard no, rivalry there. No, there's no rivalry. But can, me, can't we, can't for we, me, no, you know, you know, for me. Can't we say the same uh, with uh, Steve Gerrard? Guys, let's, let's, mm. let, let's look at it this way. You know, when Lampard took over, you know, Lampard came with that aura or that that intention of trying to rebuild the image of the club, achieve stability, you know. If we managed to achieve stability, honestly speaking, in the short term, but things went haywire. There was unrest in the dressing room. Dokore was asked after questioning the training methods of Lampard. Lampard is not even a good coach. You should try his luck in Scotland. Papi, do you sense any any personal video towards uh, Mourinho's assertion? I think overall, I think Kumbi is right. But then I think it's a little bit, you know, harsh. Gosh, I think, I think it's too harsh. No, uh, the no, the, no, the, no, when the when in football, guys, uh-huh. you should understand that it's a, it's a harsh Well. In football, when you don't leave, you go. No, but I think they, they yeah, have and, been and, they have been uh, worse coaches than Lampard. No, the, the likes of um, uh, the one who coached. Uh, okay, maybe maybe said Everton. At Everton. Oh, maybe said Everton. Said Everton. Yeah, Everton. No, definitely, yes. definitely it's Frank Dubois. If you are talking about the, one of the worst coaches, coaches, they, coaches, coaches uh, uh, the ball, yeah, yeah. no, you actually yeah, mentioned Everton. Everton, yeah, Everton. Yeah. For me, you know, you know, for me, that's that's one of the problems. You should. You should do at least reassess his career. For me, I think you should change his career. So, 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 okay. Going forward, guys, uh, which managers will, 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 do you think will, will, will accept this Everton job? Consider it's very demanding. Like you said, uh, the owners they are incumbent. They are not even ambitious. I so, feel like the best. I feel like three people. Why? Because the other one may not accept Everton job. Because one of the FFP issues of the club, they've little space to maneuver in terms of. Bringing transfers, yes, mm. but for me, the ideal candidate Pochettino. Pochettino is good for teams, but trying throwing himself into the deep end. This is a deep end, guys. We're talking about, yeah. But number two for me would be Peter Bosch, mm. number three, I but would the, say Duncan Ferguson. Duncan Ferguson. Okay, Andrew Villas Boas. For me, mm. I think, I think with, with the situation right now at Everton and with where the, the season is at right now. I think you need a relegation specialist, and uh, I would actually put my money on um, Big Sam for me. <laughs> Big Sam. And okay, as of last night, uh, Marcelo Bielsa was the leading candidate to um, to have this yeah, back end job. Look, with, with Bielsa, mm. he, he likes to take time and implement his we are halfway through the, season, stay in the, in the relegation, relegation zone. zone, so I think no need, time for that. Just need, uh, Manager who can just uh, dig dig Everton out of the grave for me, mm. and then in the summer 
if they survive relegation, mm. I think they really need to look at the likes of Pochettino, like what Kumbu was saying, and mm. then uh, Bielsa. Yes, okay, quick one, guys. Um, relief for Moyes, at least for one week. Yes, he got an extension. You know, that's the advantage when players play for you as a manager. They put their bodies on the line, contribute to the result, and to safeguard your job as a manager. No, Moyes is repaired his CV following his teams at Resociedad, Manchester United, and even Sunderland. He's managed to bring that, and still they are old Moyes of Everton. Stabilizes teams, he stabilizes Western. Mm-hmm. You know, he's made them cooperative even in Europe. You know, they are cooperative in the Conference League. In the, even Europa. Europa, they reach semi finals. Semi finals. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. I just hope they can replicate it in the, in the, conference, in the conference League. Okay, guys. And another, another result of this uh, relegation fight uh, Saints lost to 1 0 to Via. And also, they remain in the red zone, as well as like most of the teams, like Leicester, would drew 2 2 with Brighton and Leeds. Uh, Leeds ex- sixth game they they be they be drawing so they need points right now and the, these draws they are not really good for them because they need to leap forward and jump into the better position to survive relegation. So meanwhile in in Italy Juventus drew three three with uh, Atalanta. It was a good game as well, entertaining as well. But the game was actually mirrored by events leading to the game before as. Uh, the old lady were dubbed uh, 15 points by the Italian courts. After they inflated prices in their in their transfer transfer markets, um, Paratici was banned for two years and will be right now. It's not really feasible if the ban is universal or global as in it is due to affect the um, uh, in they in in and in England. So since he's the sporting director for of of Twitter, of Spurs as well. So yeah, it remains to be seen whether it will be affected. But for this, you say it's the second time running this scandal has been this scandal has been doing they've been there in Italy what, what's wrong with this um, this side particularly this Juventus side for me you know you know for me I follow I do follow in the Italy from time to time particularly you you know the challenge is honestly speaking you've wanted to compete in Europe that was their objective but you know the fans you know the fans thing you know the the amortization part of it was the problem. Was the problem. Because remember, Juve had issues in terms of FFP, in terms of also trying to balance the books in Italy. Some players had to go, the likes of Matuidi had to go, the likes of even. Who is this other player? Pogba had to go in 2016. It all started way back, but people become worried. End of 2022 to end to January. And in doing so, you 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 acquire Cristiano Ronaldo. Yes, that was the major tipping point. But you know, a club like Juve, the challenge is honestly speaking, then they're no longer that European brand. For me, it's a waste of time by the Italian court to enforce that ban outside of Italy. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Because remember, most of these transfers that we done were done Italian to Italian clubs. Mm. So how do you want to enforce such a ban on Paratici is now Tottenham? It doesn't work. Because it, um, it may work in Italy when they are dealing with Agnelli, they are dealing with the other mm. executive of the 
for my executive members like part of Netflix. Oh, oh like the part of Netflix. Yes, uh, but uh, not, not but you know, you, you know what could be uh, FIFA they're actually waiting for the, the, the actual judgment since Juventus is uh, is appealed to the highest um, court of the sports court. So they they say it's high, it's too harsh. The 15 points are too harsh. Like, so if they are sorry, if they are found guilty about that, FIFA uh, and the UEFA is also sanctioning sanctioning Juventus in the European competition. So it will be actually it's yeah, actually it, a bit a big deal for them. But remember, you know, Juve is not the only culprit in this thing. Remember, mm-hmm. there are other nine Italian clubs that were But if Napoli have been put aside. If you, Napoli is there as well, but Napoli they have been why? put aside. But because they paid fine. Do you think so? Yes. Napoli did the same in terms of adjusting their books. But you know, Juve, for me, that shows a lack of failure to learn from the past. Exactly. 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 And you know, it shows... They never learn. They shows they were inflating like what the guys in procurement. Now you sold me a pencil for 10 million, I sell you a pen for 10 million. And you know, I may inflate the price of the pencil to be expensive while it's cheap. It's cheap. And you may inflate the price of a pen while it's cheap to be expensive. expensive exactly. That is the tragedy of Juve. Look, there's nothing new with. with I, I can't say I'm. Match fixing 2.0. Mm. Match <laughs> fixing, scandalous dealings. I think it's in the nature of, 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 of Juventus and uh, of these. Uh, Italian, Just open to London. So. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't surprised, mm-hmm. but uh, if, 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 if the court of arbitration says otherwise, I think uh, they should get the punishment that they deserve. They, that they deserve. They deserve. Uh, so, but right now they are still staying afloat. Thank all oh, thanks to the, the sponsorship they the, they have right now from the powerful Agnelli family. So right now, at least for some of the Jews and some of the logistics um, around uh, that are needed around, they will be covered as of now. Okay, guys, that's it. Thank you guys for joining us. And uh, join us on the next episode of the FOP. Not forgetting to like and following us on all all our social media platforms. Do dive in in our podcast at Anchor FM, Audible, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Podcasts. From the FOP family, we bounce.